Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. The Continuation of the Holy Gospel According to St. Matthew At that time Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There's a great difference between an example and a substitute. A parent may teach their child how to do math, but you are not allowed to jump in and take the test for them. A coach can show how to throw the ball, but he does not step out onto the court during the game. Jesus' baptism is such a big deal because it is not an example. It is a substitution. The baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ is recorded in all four Gospels. Even the birth of Jesus is not recorded in all four. It's that critical. Because it is the beginning of Christ's work as our substitute. Now, what was Jesus doing before this? This year we miss hearing on Jesus when He's in the temple at age 12. That's the only childhood story we have of Jesus. So we like to let our imaginations go wild, I suppose. In fact, we have false gospels written centuries after the true ones were written, that did just that. They invented fanciful tales about Jesus playing with other children, doing miracles and such. Although we know that's not true because next Sunday we're going to hear about the first sign of Jesus. But all of our wondering all boils down to this one question which certainly requires our imaginations. That is, what must it have been like to have a child who was sinless in everything. Before today's gospel, Jesus lived a sinless and a perfect life. He was obedient to his parents and honored them. He gladly heard and learned God's word. He kept the laws of Israel, all of them, not only the Ten Commandments, which all people are to keep, but also every ceremony, every sacrifice, every tax, every requirement levied on the people of God. There's no greater example than Jesus of holiness and of good works. 
But that's what makes John so puzzled today, and maybe us too. Because in today's Gospel, Jesus comes to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. He comes to receive what many others had come out to the wilderness to receive, a baptism which John had been preaching and urging, a baptism that he said is for repentance, for the forgiveness of sins. Those who came out to the Jordan to John confessed their sins, and then they were baptized. So how could Jesus even come to one of these baptisms? How could He submit Himself to John? Surely it needed to be the other way around. John could see this. He's the one who said, There is one who's coming after me who was greater than me because he was before me. I baptize with water, but he baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And above all, John proclaimed this marvelous sermon, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That means Jesus is no sinner. He is the one who is able to bear the world's sin and to take it away because he has none. So John figured it had to be different today. Jesus is the greater one. John would have to switch places with him for this baptism. But then comes the reply of Jesus, let it be so now. In other words, allow it, John, for it is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. It is fitting for Jesus to go into the water with all the rest of the sinners because He is appointed by God to be not simply our example, but to be our substitute, your substitute. If Jesus were only to be our example, well then He would have to stay far away from sinners like the ones John dealt with. He would have to stay far away from John even. Far away from me. Far away from you also. But it is the opposite. Our Lord has entered into our flesh to save sinners. He has come not to be served, but to serve. And to give His life as a ransom for many. The baptism of Jesus Christ marks a clear beginning of His ministry on earth and His work in His office. What office? The office of Christ, the Messiah, which means the Anointed One. He is anointed. He is appointed for a task. Not to be a king, not to be a prophet, not to be a priest, but to be all three and more. To be our Savior. So today He is christened. He is anointed. He is appointed and named to His office of being the Christ. But, what a strange anointing Jesus receives. Because instead of pouring oil or fine perfume onto His head, He is anointed with sins. The sinless one is numbered among sinners, standing with us in solidarity and in compassion. No, Jesus is not a sinner himself. He does not condone sin. He does not excuse it. He does not delight in it. But he does forgive it. 
And he forgives it by taking it away, by bearing it. And that is why it is fitting for him to be baptized with a sinner's baptism, to be numbered and associated with those who are so unlike him. Because Jesus is not an example on a pedestal. Jesus is your substitute. You must see how in today's Gospel, Baptism is working in reverse with Jesus, you might say, since He is our substitute. He is the one who's exchanged for us. It's by His going into the water, by His fulfilling all righteousness, in fact, that holy baptism has its power for us. So, whereas our sins are washed away through baptism, when Jesus goes in, they are put onto Him. Whereas we confess our sins and we return daily to our holy baptism in repentance, being rid of our sins through the power of the absolution, Jesus is receiving sins. He has no confession to make. It's as if the water that is poured over Jesus' head were dirty, were dirty with all of the sins that it washed away from you and from me in our baptisms. And so when John pours that water on Jesus' head, now it sticks to him. John was not wrong to say, I need to be baptized by you, Lord. And he was not wrong when he called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But John's important task as the forerunner to Jesus and to his ministry comes to its fulfillment today. And it does not come to its fulfillment like John might have expected, crowning Jesus with gold, seeing him enthroned in heaven. But no, it comes when John's hand pours the dirty water and christens Jesus with our sins. It's a vivid, clear picture of just what Jesus is anointed and sent to do for us. What it means that He is the Christ. It means that He will, as John said, be the Lamb of God bearing away our sins. Let it be so now, for it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now the word now there does kind of admit that John has a point and that he was right. Jesus is an example, and more, He's going to be our judge at the last day. There will be a time when no sinners will be permitted in the Lord's presence. There will be a time when He will sit on a pedestal, on a glorious throne for all to see and all to worship. But now, now when Jesus is here on earth in His flesh, working for us. Now it is fitting and it is necessary for Jesus to be a substitute. He must put Himself on our side of the equation, under the Father's judgment against our sins. His innocence is made to bear our sin as we sing in that great Lenten hymn. The righteousness that is fulfilled by Jesus is not simply that He does God's law, which He does, not simply that He is a perfect example to us, which He is. Look at how I do everything right, so now you go ahead and do it too already. No, but the righteousness of Jesus is that He does everything right in our place, in your place, as a substitute. 
He takes our sins from us and gives in exchange His perfection. He forgives. He counts us righteous. And marked today with our sins, Jesus goes on and bears Him all the way to His cross. Anointed here with our impurity, Jesus leaves behind Him in the Jordan, you might say, the pure, refreshing, and forgiving waters of holy baptism. That's what we say whenever we baptize a child or an adult, when we pray that great prayer that Luther wrote, that through Christ's baptism in the Jordan River, He sanctified and consecrated all waters to be this lavish, rich flood of grace. You see, Jesus' baptism is not an example. It is a substitution. Here, God is designating by Holy Spirit and by voice that Jesus is our substitute. He is the one who bears and pays for our sins. And thus, our baptisms are far better than just an imitation of Jesus's. But our baptism puts you right in Jesus' place. You come out of the water into eternal life with the promise of the resurrection. You receive the Holy Spirit in holy baptism. You are called well-pleasing and God's beloved Son by the Father's own voice when He puts His name on you in holy baptism. Christ's baptism and our baptisms, dear saints, are joined Because through baptism, we are joined to Him. We are joined to His saving death and resurrection for us. He takes away our sins and in exchange gives to us His righteousness entirely fulfilled in our place. And thus we see, as John did, how fitting it was indeed for Jesus to be christened. And to be christened not with oil, but with our sins. For by it the Father and the Spirit both reveal Him to be not merely our example, but to be our ransom and our substitute. The one who has stepped in to fulfill all righteousness for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com and if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at denzer.org. That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R dot O-R-G. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen.